Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew, 27th chapter. This morning we're going to look at the last of the six miracles of Calvary. Last of the six miracles. I'm going to speak to you this morning, um, not on the resurrection, but on the resurrection, resurrections. We know about the resurrection of Christ, uh, but there were some other resurrections that took place uh, on that day that uh, sometimes we don't, uh, a lot of folks, even Christians, uh, don't, uh, don't know about. Uh, and uh, I, I've uh, been asked that question several times. Uh, over the years when people would uh, hear about uh, this part of the Easter story. Uh, they'd come at, is that real? You know, that, that, somebody told me there were, uh, there were people raised from the dead on when the same day Christ was. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, it's right there. So what's the lesson uh, that uh, is there? What do we learn uh, from those resurrection, uh, resurrections? I want you, if you will, uh, look with me. Uh, in the 27th chapter, and we're actually going to back up, uh, and I want to actually go back to the 50th verse uh, and start there uh, because there's a, a word that I want you to see uh, that runs through this story. Uh, it's a word that um, for some people may not seem uh, to be all that important, uh, but it is critical uh, to the chain of events and what takes place here. Uh, and uh, as you begin in verse 50, it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. And, behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two uh, from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split, the, rocks were also, the tombs were also were opened, and many bodies of the saints uh, who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And so, anybody figure out what the word I'm talking about is? Yes. And. Uh, it is an extremely important word uh, in this story uh, because it connects each of these events uh, to the one that preceded it. Uh, that uh, each one of these, none of these stand alone. Uh, they are all uh, connected and they all uh, actually go back and begin uh, with that uh, first statement in verse 50 uh, when Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Six weeks ago uh, we looked uh, at, uh, at that and talked about uh, that cry. Uh, and so these events are, uh, they are a chain of events. One uh, simply built uh, on the other. Uh, while obviously over the last six weeks I've taken them one by one, uh, I want to make sure that fact uh, is clear today uh, that each one of these events go together. Uh, one preceded the next. One uh, led directly uh, into uh, the, the next event. And this sixth miracle, this resurrection uh, of, uh, of life, uh, resurrection of people there uh, in those uh, open tombs at, uh, at Christ. Matthew had already told us uh, previously that certain graves had been opened. We talked about that uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we don't know which graves were open. We don't know uh, exactly all the location. Uh, obviously, there was a graveyard uh, near 
uh, to Golgotha uh, because they took Jesus down that evening and took him in, uh, and buried him somewhere uh, nearby. So obviously there is a graveyard uh, nearby. We don't know if all the resurrections took place there. Uh, we don't know for certain if uh, this was a, uh, a, 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 a widespread event or just right there uh, around Golgotha. Uh, but uh, the fact is that uh, what we do know is that uh, that graves had been opened at the earthquake. The tombs, the, the rocks had been uh, rolled back. The tombs had been opened uh, at the crucifixion. Now, three days later, we see, and that's, uh, uh, again, an important piece of that story as well, uh, that the graves were open uh, on crucifixion day, uh, but the bodies, the resurrections didn't occur uh, until uh, Easter morning, until Christ himself uh, was resurrected. And on that day, uh, the Bible says that uh, after Christ rose, then these bodies, uh, these people came out of the grave uh, and uh, Matthew makes sure to point out uh, that they came into the city and, and appeared to many. Uh, and so he says that uh, a lot of people saw this. This isn't something uh, that, uh, that somebody heard about, uh, but they went into the city. They didn't stay out on the outskirts. They went into town where it was populated, and many uh, saw these uh, resurrected people uh, walking around uh, the streets. It, it's really, uh, when you think about it, it is uh, one of the grandest, uh, greatest miracles uh, in all the Bible. Uh, we certainly we have uh, stories in, in other places in Scripture of, uh, of resurrections of Lazarus and, uh, and others, but nothing quite on this magnitude uh, where we have many uh, who came back to life and went into town and walked around and uh, were visible uh, to many people. And so uh, as you look at that, um, uh, it's obvious that this is uh, a supernatural uh, miracle. Uh, you, you might say, uh, you know, someone might be able to, uh, to argue that uh, Lazarus uh, won. Uh, that was uh, uh, you know, maybe some kind of stunt, maybe somebody might argue. Uh, it was just one. Uh, he hadn't been dead but a couple days. Uh, supposedly, maybe he was just hiding. You, know, you, might, uh, you might try to make an argument when it was just one. But when many come out of the grave and begin to walk around. By the way, just so you know, I'm not saying it was a stunt. I believe it was a miracle, just in case anybody mis misinterprets me. Uh, but uh, I, I believe this is one that is on the grandest of scales. Uh, that, uh, again, many came out, walked through town, and were visible to many. Uh, the, the great, the, the, the magnitude uh, of, uh, of this miracle. Uh, there's only one way to describe it, and that is miraculous. Everything about it uh, is miraculous. There's nothing uh, you know, about this story that you look at and go, ah, oh, that happens every day. Uh, you know, this is everything about uh, this story. Uh, is uh, miraculous. But I, I want to take just a moment uh, and, and talk for a moment uh, about uh, this situation. I want to talk about uh, the historical uh, elements of, uh, of this story because, again, uh, I know that uh, we live in a world today uh, where most of you that are here today, uh, probably most who are joining us online, uh, you have no doubt. 
when the Bible says that, uh, that many come out of the grave, okay, I believe it. Yeah, uh, mo- most, mo- most of you sitting here today uh, operate on that same, you know, that theory, uh, that uh, method like the bumper sticker, uh, whatever, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I've always said that bumper sticker's wrong. God said it, that settles it. I believe it. You know, that's, uh, you know, they've got them in the wrong order. Most of you believe that. But I, I realize we live in a world uh, where there are plenty uh, who don't think that way. Uh, I might even go so far as to say the majority of people uh, don't think that way anymore. So let me take a moment uh, and, and look at this, uh, the historical point uh, of this question. Did this really happen? Did this really happen? I mean, this is... Now, this story, you know, it, it, that, that's one that's kind of, you know, again, it's big. You know, uh, you know it, 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 Barney was here, he said, it's big, it's big, you know, uh, it, it's big. You know, this is a big deal. This is a big story when many people get up out of the cemetery and start walking around. I promise you, it's a big deal. CNN, Fox, all of them would have been there. It is a big deal. But the question comes... Did perhaps Matthew, uh, and one of the questions that gets raised is perhaps Matthew, uh, after everything that had went on, uh, for three days now he's been staring um, at open graves uh, sitting around town. Perhaps uh, Matthew um, imagined it. Perhaps Matthew just uh, somehow the stress uh, of the day's events, somehow or another, uh, Matthew uh, got it all wrong. But what we have, the problem with that, uh, with that theory is, uh, or with that thought is, is, is very simple. Uh, it's a very simple uh, response I have to give to you. For some, it may not be satisfactory. But it is really uh, the only answer you need. Uh, it's much like, you know, I, I've talked before about uh, as a child. Some of you probably grew up this way when you'd ask your mother why, and she'd say, because I said so. You know, as, you know, an eight, nine-year-old, I thought that was the worst answer in the world. As a parent, I understand that's the best answer. That's the only answer. Why do I know that Matthew, what Matthew reported is correct? Because Bible says so. That's all the evidence I need, folks. Uh, Because the Bible says so. Matthew reported it. And here's the problem. If someone takes and says, and I can can make this a really long explanation, but I can really simplify it down to one simple statement. If what Matthew said about the resurrection of the bodies of the the people here from from the graves, if what he said there was imagined and was not true, then maybe he's wrong about the resurrection of Christ too. So that's what that, that's the danger uh, and the problem with that is I, I believe the rest of it. I believe Matthew 27, 54 and 55 and 56 and 57. Therefore, I've got to believe Matthew 27, 52. That, that's the problem with, with anybody anywhere when they start uh, discounting and undermining the Word of God. 
when you start questioning the creation story uh, of Genesis, when you start questioning uh, the miracles of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, when you start uh, questioning uh, Jesus walking on the water, once you question one piece of it, then it all falls apart. Then it all falls apart. The same reason as I, as I look at this text, again, is that word I stressed a moment ago. Is that word and. All of this is connected. Jesus shouted, and the veil tore, and the earth shook, and the rocks broke, and the graves opened, and, and, over and over again. Matthew stresses every bit of this, what was connected, and it all goes back, and it begins with that, uh, with that loud shout. Again, if you cast doubt, on these resurrections, you cast doubt on the entire uh, Word of God. And, and Matthew writes here of something he witnessed. And what's important to note, and, and we don't have it in front of us today, uh, because it doesn't exist. Like the other miracles we've talked about, there's nothing... Again, Matthew says here that these bodies were resurrected and saw by many. And we don't have any external history where anybody ever stepped up and said, no, that ain't what happened. No, no, that's wrong. Nobody, uh, uh, nothing we have uh, in, in history uh, disputes what Matthew has written. Now, nothing that, that is written here is disputed or argued with. Matthew doesn't say he heard about these things. Matthew is writing as a witness who heard the shout, who has seen the veil torn from top to bottom, who stood there and went, oh, man, the earth's moving, yeah. who saw the rocks broke, who saw the tombs open, who saw, hey, I was at his funeral. Matthew says, I was a witness to all those things. He didn't hear about them, but he reports them as an eyewitness. He says, I saw these things, and I was witnessing for them. Listen, furthermore, as we look at that, somebody might say, um, what a lot of people do to Scripture is they say, well, it's symbolic. It's symbolic. Well, pray tell what this would be a symbol of. What, what, if, you're say, if you were to say that these, pe these people who were, that this report Matthew gives of people being resurrected from the grave and walking in town is a symbol, what would it be a symbol of? Resurrection, right? <laughs> what else could it be? Yeah, there's, you know, the other thing that happens many times with Scripture, I'm sure you've seen this, is you'll be talking about a passage of Scripture and somebody will say, well, that's your interpretation. Did anybody tell you that about Scripture? Well, that's your interpretation. That's how you read it. Tell me how you read this. The Bible says dead people got up and walked into town. Interpret, please. I'm waiting. Yeah. Everything about this points to the fact that this happens. Again, the, the words are self-explanatory. There's not a word used in Matthew's description that anybody has to go get a dictionary and say, what does that word mean? 
Every bit of it is self-explanatory. It is, it is intertwined with Scripture. When you read this story, there was a shout. The veil was torn. The, uh, you know, the, the earth shook. The rocks uh, broke. The, the graves were opened. And the next thing you read is, and the bodies were resurrected. Nobody reads that and goes, that don't fit. That doesn't fit. Why'd that happen? It's the natural next thing that you would expect. What would you expect to happen after the graves were opened? Yeah. What, what would you think was going to happen next? Listen, if you would have been there and you would have been staying there and you would have saw all those graves come open, you would have stood there and went, waiting to see who come out that hole. You, you, that, that's the natural thing you would expect to have happen. Listen, as we live, it, it explains why the graves were open. You, know, you might ask yourself when you read the, the resurrection story, the crucifixion story, why in the world would the grave? Listen, if bodies didn't come out of the grave, the story wouldn't make sense. Why else do you open graves? Nobody wants in. You would expect that to be what happens. Listen. Just as, again, all these events took place, the veil being torn, again, the, the, the rocks breaking, all of these things happened as a result of the shout from the grave. And as we look at this, the only conceivable ending to this story, the six-week journey we've been on, the only conceivable end to it is for me to stand here today and tell you that after... The veil was torn. After the earth shook, after the rocks were broken, after the tombs were opened, that bodies come out of those tombs. If I told you anything else, you'd, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't add up. If I was to tell you anything else, if I was to tell you it started raining, if I was to tell you anything, that's the only thing that even remotely makes sense is to say that the bodies were resurrected. It's the only thing that could possibly happen that would bring conclusion to the story. We'd be shocked if that wasn't what happened. That the resurrection, listen, as we look at it, we, we would say it should happen. That should be what happens in this story. What else Think about it for a moment. You give me a better ending. The graves, the, 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 the shout, the veil tears from top to bottom, the earth shakes, the rocks break, the graves open. You tell me what should be next. There's nothing else that fits but to say that the bodies were resurrected. Listen, it was a... And ultimately, what that says to us, it is a promise, it is a sign, it is an indicator of a promised resurrection. If he did it that day, 
after everything that Christ had been through during that crucifixion experience, if he still was able to bring bodies out of the grave, if he was still able to restore life, then his resurrection assures us of resurrection. Almost as much as his resurrection, these resurrections assure me. I, again, I can't think of what else I would expect. After his resurrection, what else could I expect? And the fact that there were resurrections tells me the promise of resurrection. You have the situation, the history of the story, but then you have the silence. I want to tackle this from a, a little different uh, angle than maybe you expect. One of the things I think we need to consider as we look at this, uh, again, is really the silence of what happens. Matthew tells us the story here. Again, and, 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 right down the line. And, and, and what a story it is. And he gets to this part of the story, and he gets down to this, and Matthew says, I want you to look at that statement again. He gets there, and he says, this is Matthew's eyewitness report. Okay? And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Does that seem anticlimactic to anybody else here? People are getting up out of the graves and coming to town. Can you imagine if that happened today? Breaking news. Yeah. Right in the middle of your ball game, whatever else you, you know, right, right, you know, right in the middle of the biggest event ever, you know, whatever you were watching, breaking news. Yeah. Think about it. That would have been, they would have talked about that for hours. There would have been eyewitness interviews. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. They'd be chasing down the bodies. Tell us what it was like to be resurrected. Where you been? Yeah. Think about it. But when Matthew reports it, many bodies of the saints were resurrected. Have you ever noticed something? This is psychologically true. When someone lies, generally when they lie, they fluff it up with all kinds of extra details. It's just a human idiosyncrasy. But two things about this. Matthew just says, here it is. Matthew doesn't even appear to be particularly surprised by this. Again, what I said a moment ago, it's what you would expect to happen. I mean, the graves have been setting open for three days. What do you expect to happen now? Matthew, as he reports this, he doesn't tell us who they were. He doesn't tell where all they went, how long they hung around. He doesn't tell us any of that information. He doesn't tell us 
you know, how they were affected, were they, you know, if they died of some disease, did they, were they resurrected better, healed? You know, if they died of a broke leg, did they walk? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't give us any of that. Matthew just says, hey, when Christ was resurrected, there were dead resurrected. There were people brought back to life. The resurrection of Christ brought resurrection to others. That's what was important to Matthew. That's what mattered to him. Not any of those other details or things that he could have put down. He didn't tell us how long they hung around. He didn't tell us if they died again or if they just disappeared. If they just, you know, come out of the grave, walked through town and walked off into the sunset. Doesn't give us any of that. Because to Matthew, what was important was that the resurrection of Jesus Christ meant that he too could have resurrection. Amen. That's what mattered to him. That's what this day is about to you and I. That the resurrection of Christ says that we can have resurrection as well. That we can have that promise. Think about it. If you were there, what would you ask yeah, somebody who's been resurrected from the dead? What, what would you ask them? What would you say about them? Listen, the fact is that what Matthew again stressed was that they come out of the grave, that they saw and, and what was done. Uh, again, I read somewhere, somebody made this comment, said, we know more about Mary's little lamb than we know about these resurrected bodies. We know that Mary's little lamb had a white coat. We know that he followed Mary wherever she went. We know more about Mary's lamb than we do these people. Because what Matthew wanted to stress was the fact of the resurrection. The fact that they had been uh, brought back to life. And then finally... Look at the subject. Let's talk about these people for a moment who actually read. What kind of resurrections were they? There's two kinds of resurrections in Scripture. There's spiritual and there's physical. Spiritual and physical. There's six resurrections recorded uh, in Scripture. Um, all uh, you know, that are, are there, uh, they're, they're resurrected physically. They're brought back uh, to life. And all of these, again, it was the natural body being brought back to life. And here we have these that are brought back. But 1 Corinthians tells us of something different. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. As I read this, I thought about something. You remember one time when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven? And I'm paraphrasing the story, obviously. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And his enemies said, well, anybody can say the sins are forgiven, but how do we know it really happened? How do we know it really happened? And Jesus says, okay, how about this? How about if I raise him from the dead? How about if I, how about, you know, which one's harder? I'll do both. As I thought about this, I think this story's a lot that way. 
If I was to say to you today, so-and-so died, and their spirit is now in heaven with God. Okay? Proof. Well, I guess I could send you there. Now, I don't know. I mean, how else? But if you say, George used to be dead, but I saw him walking down the street today, you can lay eyes on that. And these resurrection resurrections, I think, are along those same lines of saying, well, how do we know his sins are really forgiven? Well, if he can raise them physically from the dead, what else? Tell me something he can't do. Tell me something that can't be done. Listen, this sign, listen, this resurrection is a reminder that Jesus Christ has that authority. And he gives us a statement here. What is it he's trying to teach us? He's reminding us again of the certainty of a resurrection, of a final resurrection. Listen, these, these Calvary resurrections, they, they, they point towards a greater event. The fact that these these bodies, these people came back to life at the resurrection of Jesus Christ tells me and assures me that every saint laying up here at Carolina Memorial, every saint laying up down at Oakwood, every saint laying down West Concord, every saint laying over here behind Rock Hill AME Zion Church, Every saint at the bottom of the ocean, every saint, wherever he fell, wherever he buried, wherever, he, wherever, he, wherever his resting spot is, whether he had a fine funeral or whether he died in the woods, wherever he is, if he was a saint of God, these resurrections tell me and assure me of a blessed hope that one day, one day, just as that tomb was opened, the clouds were going to open. Jesus Christ, just as he stepped out of that tomb, is going to step out on those clouds and say, Come up hither, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that remain will rise up and gather and meet them in the air. That I'm sure of. Why? Because these people were resurrected. He's already shown me he has that power. He's already shown me he has that ability. He's already shown me that's his desire. He's already shown me that that's his plan, that those bodies of the saints that were walking the streets of Jerusalem are indicators and signs of you and I walking the streets of glory one day with our Savior, with our loved ones, with those that have gone on before us. Listen, most everyone in this room, if not everyone, everyone joining online has got someone, family, friend, neighbor, somebody you cared a great deal about who has left this earth, who is no longer with us, 
resurrection, resurrections, remind me that their resting spot is not final. Remind me that there is hope. Remind me that there is a promise of a greater resurrection. And it was made possible by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He that believeth on him, he says, has everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation. We have that hope. We have that promise. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. There's two groups of people here today, two groups of people online, and only two groups. There are those who have the hope of the resurrection and those who do not. The Easter story, every bit of it, gives us hope, gives us the promise of a greater tomorrow. We have that hope. If you're here today, if you're watching online, you're a child of God, you've been saved by grace, you, you know Christ is your Savior. You have the hope, the promise of a greater resurrection. That just as these bodies come out of those tombs on that resurrection morning, one day we're going to be resurrected. We're going to go and we're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. If you know Him as your Savior, you have that promise. I want to invite you this morning to come and to kneel and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for the hope that I have. I want to thank you for the hope that I have. I want to thank you for the promise I have that I haven't seen the last of my loved ones. My parents, my grandparents, my, my children, my brother, my sister, whoever it might be, because of their faith, because they trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, I have the hope of resurrection and I believe I'll see him again because Jesus was resurrected because those bodies around that cross were resurrected I believe my loved ones will be resurrected as well but you're here today joining online and you don't know that hope Easter to me is the greatest day on the calendar. I wish every day could be Easter. I wish we'd act like it was Easter every day. Because that day, like no other, we're focused on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what it means for us and the transformation it's given us. If you don't know that hope, if you don't know Christ personally as your Savior, today is the day would you come. I want to show you from God's Word how you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. How you can have the promise for resurrection with Him. Father, we thank you today for your Word, for the example it gives us, for the lesson it teaches us. God, for the resurrection of our Savior that made possible the resurrection of His people. 
God, Christians here today, make us grateful. Remind us of the price that was paid, the gift that was given, that we might have the promise of salvation, the promise of a resurrection. God, if there's one here today, one joining us online that doesn't know Christ, God, I pray that you'll stir their heart. God, speak to them. Convict them that today would be the day of salvation. And we'll give you honor for it all. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.